I've been to the south, I've been to the north, east and the west, in the middle of course. I may have been astray, but I've never been lost, never been beat by the road I've crossed. I guess I've been lucky to some degree for someone who ate all the fruit from the tree stars been aligned and my goose hanging high I'll be okay in the sweet by and by alright ladies and gentlemen another fun filled I wouldn't say action-packed. Maybe it's action-packed. I don't know. Another great episode here on the Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast. This week, we are hosted by Mike Green once again, and he is going to sit down with Mr. Alan Gingrich. Uh, Anybody that coon hunts and rabbit hunts is going to know who Alan is. Director of Field Operations there at the United Kennel Club, uh, avid beagler, and overall good guy uh fun interview mike sits down and does this we are going to air the whole thing we're not going to two-part this up Uh, i did want to say i know we've been having a lot of beagle stuff lately and it's great uh but some of our other breeds are saying hey you know over here so next week we do have something a little different we're going to talk some spaniels next week uh that is why i am airing this entire broadcast uh with alan uh we're going to do the whole hour plus this week on the main podcast so you know it's gonna be great you guys sit back have fun enjoy all right ladies and gentlemen let's talk joy high energy 2420 one of our most popular formulas and a fantastic formula for that working dog we're talking added pumpkin meal for sensitive stomachs increased available calcium more magnesium for quick muscle repair a whopping 505 calories per cup. Of course, like with all of our formulas, we have omega-3 and 6 fatty acids for healthy skin and coat, glucosamine, chondroitin. All the proteins are 97% digestible. That's important. And here is the most important part for me. Joy High Energy 2420 is formulated with 100% american ingredients joy has been around since 1945 one of the oldest dog food companies in the u.s we know what we're doing and we love fueling working dogs so go to joydogfood.com or call 1-800-245-4125 to get your hard-working animal fueled by joy high energy 2420 Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I'm Mike Green. I'm your host for uh, Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast. And it's my pleasure today to have with me Alan Gingrich. Alan is the Director of Hunting Ops for United Kennel Club. If you don't know much about United Kennel Club, you can look them up online anywhere. They've got uh, access through the webpage. And also they have access on the uh, many social media sites. So how you doing today, Alan? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Mike. Good to be with you. Well, it's my pleasure to have you on here. As many years as I've been in 
with UKC. Uh, you have been a, a stapled name that is always uh, going around, always, and in, in my experience, in good context. And so that's, uh, that's something to be said with the years that you've been with UKC. So won't you tell me a little bit about how that process happened just right quick before we get too far into the dogs here? Yeah, well, it's not something I ever uh, really dreamed about or thought about. Uh, I used to compete back in the early 90s is when I first started competing. Actually, my first hunt was a, a Kunal night hunt in 1989. But after that, I uh, also dabbled with the beagles. We always had beagles at home and everything. And uh, I had some, and I got interested in, in competing with them. So that kind of started in probably 93-ish, something like that. And there for about two and a half years, I was, pretty uh pretty strong in both uh c competing with my coonhounds and beagles and after about two and a half years of that i thought i was just uh it was just a little too much so i actually kind of put the beagles away and kind of concentrated on coonhounds long story short about 2004 i think it was at national redbone days in lagrange indiana todd uh, Kellum approached me and I was actually at the time serving as the vice president for the association. And he asked me if I'd be interested in, in a job up here. And I just kind of chuckled about it. I kind of thought about it. Man, that'd be kind of interesting. But uh, uh, I thought, man, I don't know if I could give up hunting dogs and stuff, you know. But anyways, long story short, he called me a couple of uh, months later and, and uh, told me that he was really serious about it. And uh, I got to thinking and... And uh, I told him it'd be a it'd be a big commitment for me, so to give me a little time to think about it, we we talked for a little while. And uh, anyways, a couple weeks later, I decided that you know what, I am going to uh, I'll give it a go. So, eighteen and a half years later, here I am. Wow, <laughs> that's that's a really good flyover right there. <laughs> so, I don't think I've ever give a story that short uh, with that much content. So that's that's awesome. And, and that's short yeah. and to the point. I mean, that's that's really cool the way that that process happened. And obviously, he made a good decision because you've been doing it for 18 and a half years here and still going strong. Uh, things since I've been in UKC myself, I've seen things uh, change. I've seen them change for the better, and I've really enjoyed the, the process here. And I know it was tough as we went through uh, COVID and the different things that went on with that, but we – you know, UKC stayed at it. You stayed at it, figured out ways of doing things, and the uh, state reps and all worked together and was able to continue on with uh, having hunts after we got over the, the hump, I guess you could say, of that. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, for that, sure. That, that, that was, that's really good. That just shows good leadership from the top, you know, when you're able to really work through that uh, process there. So, well, what is, what's on a lot of people's minds, and I know for me uh, – I kept up with the Nationals pretty closely as as they were going on. I was not able to attend this year, and uh, but uh, and I, and I, a lot of people have really kept up with the clash. And so uh, so I'm just going to kind of give you the floor here. I'd love for you to be able to just kind of just take us through uh, uh, some of the, the the high points of the of the Nationals and the clash and and how all that uh, uh, kind of unfolded this year. Yeah, well, sure. For the as far as the clash, this is the second year now that we've had it, meaning the second hunt for the finals. Uh, it, it's a program where it requires a dog to qualify and to have five cast wins qualifies the dog. Uh, in the calendar year, 
and then that qualifies the dog for the next year's uh, clash. So the dogs that qualified that were in the clash this year are those that had five or more cast wins in 2021. And you know the idea, Mike, behind that is is really mirrored kind of with the Arcoon Hound uh, Tournament of Champions, yeah. uh, where they also require five cast wins. But the idea was, you know, once a dog has finished a grand in UKC, whether it's in Arcoon Hounds or any of our programs, they're kind of they're kind of finished, so to speak, mm-hmm. outside of special events like a World Championship or a Nationals or what have you. So the idea was what can we do to bring those grands and give them a reason to come back to the local club event. Yeah. And and that's where this whole idea was kind of kind of derived from uh, on both on both sides starting with the coonhounds and you know and so we started that and we thought, you know, man it should work for the beagles as well. And really it's been, you know, the first year uh, the first qualifying year was 2020 or uh, 2020 for uh, beagles, uh, and same thing with uh, with coon hounds, and and here we have COVID, <laughs> you know. So it's it was like wow, you know, what a bad what bad timing for it. But really, in the in the grand scheme of it all, it really it really helped our numbers. I feel like. You know, because uh, really? folks, whenever they could, they really went went after it to try to get these wins. But uh, moving forward here to the clash, so the first year we ended up with about a hundred and I want to say a hundred and twenty-three dogs qualified for it, and uh, that number that actually entered uh, the clash uh, was ninety-eight. Now the first step is for those dogs to go uh, compete in one of the four regions that we have designated around the country. And then we take the top 32 dogs out of those regions, uh, advance to the finals. Now the purse is $35,000, and that is those 32 dogs that make it there are all in the money, so to speak. In other words, if you make the top 32, you are going to get a piece of that uh, of that purse. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first year, uh, like I said, had 98 dogs uh, that entered it. Now this year, now the second year of qualifying, uh, we improved on that uh, significantly where we had 172 dogs that qualified. Of those, there were 144 that actually entered. So that's a very good increase right there. Very pleased with that. And you know, like any program, oftentimes uh, it takes a little bit to get get them off their, uh, get it off its, get it up and going, I guess, so to speak. But I uh, really pleased with the way the clash has come around now. So, uh, yeah. man, if it keeps trending in that direction, we're in good shape. So, but yeah, same thing there, you know. And and the other thing is, uh, grands. It kind of, you know, it gives grands a reason to go back to the local club when there might not have been anything else there for them to hunt for, other than for these five cast wins. And then hopefully, second is also that it might interest some uh, guys that like to hunt for uh, a prize like this, you know, from maybe from other registries. So, and I think it's done some of that. And I think it's getting the attention of, of some, some other, uh, some other guys too. Yeah. uh, And that's one thing that I've, I've seen in, in talking to other guys, I'm a member of an AKC club as well. 
and they were asking me, you know, what what do we need to do to get into this class, you know, and and, and all. And so, you know, I told them, you know, just look it up. You can find the rules. And, and if that interests you, if that's something, you know, if you're running that style of dog and you're interested in that, then absolutely uh, go for it. Um, wanted to back up just a little bit there. You said on that first round you had 92 dogs that qualified. Was that right? Um, that had the cast wins that was necessary. And then, Well, they're in the first. The first year, there was 123 different dogs that were eligible, but of those, there were 98 that actually entered. Okay. And then the second year, it increased to from 170 that were eligible to 144 that act, actually 148, correct me, uh, staying corrected, 148 that actually entered. Perfect. Now, now maybe I, I you may have said this, but I don't, let's just look at that for just a second. Mm-hmm. What do they got to do to get to that top 32? What what out of that 148 or 98, what does that take to get to that 32? So they go to a region and they can choose which one of the four designated regions they enter. It's obviously they enter in advance. And so we have the numbers for each one of the regions. So it's all prorated. So uh, it doesn't really matter the number that's at a region. It's all based on that prorated number where, you know, obviously a region that has more entries, they are going to also send or advance more to the finals. Mm-hmm. So it's a set number. So, uh, uh, but then that's a, uh, that's a basically a, a process of elimination. Sure. You win your cast, keep going to round two until we have met the quota, you know, and have our top whatever number that has been, uh, that has been set for that region to advance to the finals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the one, the region that had the most entries in the first two years was Pennsylvania, Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. We have one. Another region is in, uh, in, uh, uh Huntington, Indiana, uh, uh, Mount or, uh, uh, Doe Valley there in uh, mountain city, Tennessee, and then out in Ava, Missouri at the Douglas County Beaglers, those four locations. So uh, Waynesburg, Pennsylvania had the most entries each year, but then they also advanced more of those uh, 32. Okay. You know, but uh, so it's, it's a, it's kind of a simple prior, uh, you know, simple process. Sure. That's basically it. It's super interesting too, to, to yeah. see, to see this. Uh, and unfortunately I wasn't able to, uh, to join in, uh, on it, uh, because yeah. of our schedule, but, um, you know, uh, because of, uh, things have, have changed, you know, as far as the, everything going on in, right. in life in general, yeah. you know, we're hoping to be able to, uh, be able to push forward, uh, this year. But what's interesting to me is, is that I know a guy, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I know a guy. So uh, I know a guy up in uh, up in Indiana who actually went and was actually able to get his dog, and he came from a different registry. And so I thought that was pretty cool to see to see that yeah. that happen in that process. So uh, it's a really cool thing, man. I, I really I really think it's really good for the the Beagle program. I think it's really good for UKC overall, and uh, to uh, give that, like you said. You know, myself, I know, I know many guys that's got some grands sitting around that are, you know, just sitting yeah. around being grands, yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's Ab- a great Absolutely, idea. you know. And, uh, hey, you're always interested in looking for ways to uh, draw attention to, uh, you know, outside folks that might not normally hunt UKC or whatever. But, uh, you know, Mike, you'll probably be, uh, you'll probably know what I mean by this. You know, it's that we call it the hound and hunter format. 
and uh, you know in a lot of other registries they don't have that or some of the other registries they don't where the judge might run along with the dogs and judge dogs so it's it's hard for some folks to kind of wrap their heads around how this hound and hunter format can work when we have four guys uh, one might be a guide and and one is a one is actually a judge in the cast and how this can even work when their dog is also in the hunt but you have uh, you've obviously had experienced that and frankly it actually works quite well I agree, I agree. and and it's it's a easier it's a easy format for a club to to put on but uh, yeah we're kind of getting away from this clash thing you know but the name I'll just mention the clash of the name clash of champions you know requires five cast wins so that's also the same number it requires to earn a championship degree on a dog mm-hmm. you know so that kind of is kind of a fitting name i guess for yeah it's perfect program. you know yeah. I, I didn't yeah. put that too, i didn't put that together but that's absolutely right yeah they're it all champions you know they're yeah. they're all champions yeah yeah exactly yeah, that's perfect right there so so give it so how did it so how did it run down this year for the 2023 clash of champions um I know the, yeah. the uh, purse. Uh, I don't. I don't know exactly what the purse was and how how it unfolded and how many it paid out. But give me a rundown on that. There. Yeah. So there's there's 32 dogs, obviously. So that is uh, that's eight casts, eight four dog casts in the in round number one. So that leaves after round one, we have uh, 24 non-winners, is what we would call those. Uh, uh, and those dogs each get $500. Each of those 24 non-winners. Okay. So that takes up that amount of the purse. I'd have to tally it up. I'm not sure exactly how much that is. But then the next round, it leaves us it leaves us with eight dogs. So we run round two heads up or brace, two, uh, two dogs. And then the winner or the non-winners of that round two, they each get $1,000. So then that leaves, uh, let me see, about uh, 18, uh, let me see, Fifteen thousand, seventeen fifty, about right around twenty thousand dollars for that final cast. So then, uh, fifth or fourth place gets fifteen hundred. Third place gets twenty five hundred. Second place, the runner up gets five thousand, and then ten thousand to the winner. That's how it breaks down. Yes, sir. That's uh, <laughs> I can see. Yeah, and you know, Mike, the other thing we hear all the time is, you know, and uh, is uh. And I was reluctant before we did our, our tournament of champions for Coonhounds as well, you know, because there it's like quite a bit, significantly more money. But, you know, what they say, if you put money on the line, it's uh, it just it, you're asking for trouble and problems and, and people will do anything for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to d- dispute that a little bit. And of course, we really try to uh, we, we try to go all out here and, and putting on this program, and I really feel like the hunters have also stepped it up to a different level. Yeah. And a level, what I mean by that is a level of sportsmanship. And, we, Mike, we just have zero problems. We've just had zero problems with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but uh, that, you know, that's, that uh, speaks for speaks for those uh, those hunters that are in it. You know, they conduct themselves professionally as they should, as we always should, regardless. You know, sure. but it's uh, yeah, I've just been very pleased with that. You know, so anybody has concerns about that, hey, we can only control ourselves. But I really feel like uh, it's it's went very well, and it's been very well received, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of it's kind of a spotlight event. It's really turned out pretty good for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it really is. And, uh, you know, I, I can imagine when you're sitting down at the round table up there at the think tank, you know, and saying, okay, uh, let's think about this, you know, what, what can we do on the Beagle side to bring this over, you know, something to kind of mirror what's going on in the coonhound world. And, you know, you come up with this clash of champions idea and you put together the five wins, which obviously puts them, like you said, earns them the degree if they don't already have it. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're just moving through this and said, okay, what kind of purse are we going to put on this? You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. so that's, that's pretty, pretty ingenious, honestly, from my point of view. And I'm not just saying that I'm, I'm serious. I've since the first time that I saw it advertised last year, I said, this is going to be cool right here. And then there yeah. again, like you said, yeah. You know, you start adding in a purse and people start kind of acting weird. But uh, from everybody I talked to, it was uh, it was a really good run both years. And so kudos to you guys for working that out and uh, for you uh, kind of managing that and seeing that through. And everybody that hunted in it as well. Uh, yeah. That. yeah. So, um, so who did we have in the top four this year? Well, this year we had, we, we had in the top eight, after round one, we had uh, eight dogs left. We had four males and four females, ironically, as it turned out. And then after that second heads-up round, we the females prevailed. All four of them did. Really? So we had an all-female all final four is what we had. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so those dogs were uh, uh, Adam Banks out of West Virginia. He and Colton Trump uh, had uh, two dogs in it, matter of fact. A dog named Drew's Creek's Cold Country May. Mm -hmm. And then another one, Drew's Creek's uh, Lady Lula. So uh, how about that? You know, Adam Banks is a guy that just recently got married, not been married very long. He and his wife are expecting their their first child. So, man, what a what a good story, you know. And, and I'm sure they're going to put their uh, uh, their uh, monies to good use, you know. Yeah. So that was yeah, that was pretty cool. Then there's a, uh, a dog out of uh, all West Virginia dogs, actually. Josh Ware, Cody Rucker used to own this or uh, own this dog heat him up superstar another female and then uh nat last year's uh, uh derby winner heat him up sweet tea that's owned by uh mitch gould and and josh ware so those four females sweet tea lula superstar and country may were in the final and uh and uh you know it it was we we took everybody out to the, the hunt is held on thursday before the nationals the hunting beagle nationals and uh, we in it's in Zanesville, Ohio, is where we've had it now for the first two years here. Mm -hmm. And but we took it out to one of the local game areas, and everybody hunted out there. So we draw them out, and then we sent them out there, and just and had a meeting place or like the parking area where the after round one, all the cast winners came back to the parking place, and we redrew them for the second round. And they just went right back out. In other words, they stayed out there until everything was done. Awesome. Worked out. Yeah, it worked yeah. out good. We took a tent out there and had refreshments and drinks and coffee and Subway sandwiches and snacks and stuff like that for everybody. And it's just a good deal, man. Just a fun event, fun day. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a really good yeah. idea, too. So you don't have to worry about all this, you know, going back and forth and everything's yeah. just right here. We're going to get this. We're going to go through this and we're going to find out who is the uh, clash of champion champion. And so, yeah, and it, it was just a great. It got warm. I'm telling you, the weather that weekend. Now, this took place in the middle of February and or the, the third week in February, I guess. 
and or not February. What am I saying? April. April. Yeah. And yeah, and it was hot the first two days, and then the last two days of that weekend were barely 50 degrees. So the weather was really up and down. <laughs> but you know that middle round, it got up into 80, up to 80 degrees, and it was tough on those dogs. Mm. But uh, then the final cast, Mike, they they rocked and rolled in that final cast. That sweet tea dog ended up winning it. And she put up a score of like six ninety five in an hour. They just stroked. Oh wow! And yeah, that's she really put on weird. a show, and yeah, went out, and uh, so she was the eventual winner there. And uh, you know, there's a quite a story with that dog. Uh, she was the the Derby winner last year in our first ever Junior National Championship. That's also held there at the Nationals each year, and it's a uh, that win there just like we do for our Grand Class. We award those dogs a national championship degree. So the same thing here with this junior. So she was the first dog to receive that, and then comes back and wins the clash the second year. Man, what a what, yeah. a, what a story there! Yeah, that is you know? cool. Yeah, and that's yeah. uh, and that being being that process of, of the juniors. I want you to later on. I want to kind of touch on that a little bit because that's fairly new as well. I know I hadn't uh, actually experienced that myself, and so we'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit later as we uh, get go through yeah. the nationals here. But let me ask yeah. you this right here. It right now, with the class of champions, two years in the running now. Had a had really good turnout, good support, good uh, uh, houndsmanship through the process. Is there anything that that you're that you're looking at to change in, or is it just pretty much, hey, this is working. Let's keep it. Let's don't try to fix what ain't broke. Well, you know, it's there's some guys that approached uh, that you know approached us uh, to consider making it a standalone event. In other words. Uh, not have the finals at the nationals, you know, and maybe set up, uh, come to the event and we're going to run everything over two days until we're done and have our winner from start to finish. So we've not decided or made a decision on that. The, the idea with, with the regions is that nobody has to go very far to uh, compete in that first round. You know, so that has that's kind of worked pretty well, and and uh, I don't know, honestly, Mike, I'm a little reluctant on uh, making it a standalone event because uh, you know our our uh, clubs are spread out so far. In other words, you know, we have clubs in uh, in Maryland all the way out west, you know, over to the the others or uh, near the Mississippi River, you know, over to 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 Missouri and places Iowa and on down, you know, and it's uh, I don't know, that's a lot of travel, you know, and especially in today's world right now where we are, you know, and I just kind of caution a little bit if that's a good idea to make that change or not. But so that's something we've talked about and may potentially consider, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, everything's always evolving, you know. Uh, I it is. It is. Uh, even even though I say, you know, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it at the same time. Yeah. You know, if you can see where you can add to it and it's for the hounds and, and for, yeah. the, for the clubs I, you know you never know what you'll come up with next i think it's great right like it is and i look i look forward to winning it next no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> so. hey hey you know another thing mike that i like about it is uh you know yeah it has a big purse but the entry fee for it is not like a lot of big purses out there in the sporting dog world that you see today it's only it's fifty dollars but for an entry for it. So you qualify and then it costs you 50 bucks to enter one time fee. But, uh, we've also set it up with the NHBA, the breed association for the hunting beagle program. 
that if you are a member of the NHBA, that fee is knocked in half to only be 25 bucks. Awesome. So basically what it does is, hey, uh, <laughs> become a member of the NHBA, support them. And I, I guess if not, with that other 25 for any non-members that enter, we actually give that 25 bucks to the NHBA. <laughs> so you may as well be a member of the NHBA in the qualifying year. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool, too, because, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and just talking to Alan uh, Newby here the other week, uh, just he and I in conversation, I think we're, I was actually at his hunt, the uh, at his qualifier, and uh, he made he made the comment that NHBA numbers were higher than they've ever been, and so hey, uh, everybody benefits from a from a great from a great program that you got going on right there. And yeah, that, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's, that really yeah, happens. but yeah, hey, Braden Neely from West Virginia, he was handling this sweet tea dog, and she was just clicking for him, and uh, kudos to him, and all the uh, all the connections there. And the other thing is, you know. Just, I'm kind of a breeder's kind of guy, you know, I like to give kudos to them, you know, and the, the, the dog is sired by that big uh, Meadows Black Eagle dog. And then on the bottom side, man, this dog's, uh, just for the breeding program they have going on out there, uh, national champion, Shenango Heat-Em-Up Princess, I'm sure you've heard of that mm, dog oh that yeah. uh, Bill McFarland used to own, you know, and she was a winner early on in some of our junior series and things like that. And, uh, you know, here you go, here's a, uh, Here's a dog that was bred well and, and uh, just growing a lot more good uh, uh, offspring. But, yeah, and then Adam Banks, uh, he finished second and fourth with his two dogs, Lula and Country May. And then uh, uh, Jason Vandergriff, he uh, handled the superstar dog for Josh Ware and Cody Rucker, and he ended up uh, he ended up third. So, yeah, pretty tickled with it. Just, uh, just turned out really good this year. Awesome. Awesome. Well, switching yep. switching up just a little bit. Same weekend, uh, went into the nationals. Had uh, several people show up for the nationals this year, and uh, yeah. So, uh, so I guess that was pretty exciting as well. Well, it was. You know, Mike. You. I don't know when your first nationals was, but we've made a couple of kind of format changes for it over the years. You know, it's been around for a, for a good while. I think 1992 is the very first nationals, but. You know, in the old days, I think they had the what the they had a winners pack maybe or something like that in each one of the divisions to mm -hmm. begin with, and at one time, and then uh, at some point we went to all full elimination, yeah. and uh, but here's kind of since uh, the last two years we made another format change that is a little different, and it's really turned out good. And what that is, instead of entering a dog, you you get a reservation. We have four hunts. We have a morning hunt on Friday and a morning hunt in the evening on Friday and then repeat that on Saturday. So what we have is is four separate hunts. Mm -hmm. And then you can get a reservation for each one of those four hunts, whatever you want. You hunt whatever dog you would like to hunt. And then uh, we uh, after that Friday and Saturday, what we do, we have a championship on Sunday where we take 16 dogs of each one of the three categories, 16 registered, 16 champions, and 16 grand champions. And that is based on, you know, we take double cast winners first, followed by single cast winners from Friday and Saturday. They make the championship on Sunday. And uh, so that's then how we determine the, uh, you know, the, our four winners in each one of the categories. 
And then in uh, addition to that, you mentioned uh, the, or we mentioned the junior national championship that we've now had for two years. You know, the first one was that Clash Dog uh, Sweet Tea won it last year. And that's for dogs that are under two years of age, that have a birthday uh, May 1st or uh, won't turn two years old until or after May 1st. Uh, so that's been, man, this year we nearly doubled our, our derby entries at the Nationals because of that. And, uh, and there we just take the top four that advance to the championship round on Sunday but uh, I am pretty sure we'll see a change there where we're probably going to take the top 16 because it was it's been so uh, so well supported and well received. I think it's uh, we have plenty of dogs in it to to justify taking a top 16 there as well. So that's been a good little program too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of highlights the young dogs in the you know in the in the national championship is a good place to do that. I feel like absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Um, and yeah. you know, there are, uh, people don't really realize a lot in the, you know, the hound and handler, the hunting beagle format, you, you have, uh, a lot of younger dogs that get out there and, and run and get degrees, uh, early on. And, um, depending on, you know, the number of dogs, I guess, from any, any individual kennel, but there are, and I'm glad to see that there's a place for them. Um, yeah. now there's a place for this, this young dog to really, earn this you know and get into get into that and that's something like you said if they get the they they actually carry that with them if they if they receive that that championship title there at the nationals so um yeah i think that's really cool to be able to carry that with them on yeah you know we started we have our eliminators you're familiar with them that's one of our first major events of the year you know so we started last year already to have on friday of the eliminator to have a derby hunt there and that's kind of a prep hunt, so to speak, maybe for the Nationals. And that's uh, uh, been pretty well received as well. So those are basically the only two events where we have like a derby only uh, class, so to speak. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of fun. And hey, just like you said, that Sweet Tea Dog is a good example and others as well that have moved on this year, you know, after last year and are kind of making a name for themselves. And none bigger than that Sweet Tea Dog, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Not just... Hey, not just that, Mike, but this dog, that sweet tea dog, ended up, so she she hunts, or she wins three rounds in the clash on Thursday, and then I don't know what days she hunted, if she hunted, uh, see, at the Nationals, they can, there's four hunts, but a dog it can only enter in, in two of the four hunts. They choose whatever two of those four. So I would assume she probably, I would assume they probably rested her on Friday, but she doubles up on uh, at the nationals two cast wins to put her in the championship in the champion division on sunday and ends up winning that first round cast sunday morning and making it to the final cast of the champion class of the nationals <laughs> what a story man yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know that so. is really cool yeah I, 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 yeah I know they're super proud you know of the dog and the heck work yeah. that the dog puts yeah. out absolutely yeah yeah, this year the the junior uh, national championship we had uh, Jason Vandergriff uh, uh, ended up winning it with a dog named Heat 'Em Up Black Widow. That that dog is sired by a dog named Country Lane Hydro, and it's a uh, it's a dog I'm not personally familiar with. He's he's off that Logan Elm Black Butcher, so you may oh, yeah. know the dog better than I do. But uh, 
But uh, yeah, some of uh, Dennis's uh, stuff up there in Pennsylvania, I'd say. But Big Meadows Country Lane Blackie was the was the dam there. But yeah, Black Widow was the winner there, and and second was uh, that dog is a uh, birthday of like June of 2021 uh, there. And then uh, uh, Daniel Brown up in Maryland placed a dog second off of the Raising Cane, the world champion dog uh, called Nothing Fancy Lunatic. He ended up second there, and third was Tom Ingram there out of West Virginia. He had a dog he calls Whoa Nelly. Uh, that is off a dog named Ruger's Dead Ringer, mm-hmm. who uh, also placed in the champion division this year. And uh, But that's the sire there, Nelly. And then fourth was uh, Brian Hartram had a dog named uh, White Trash. They call him Scout. But... Uh, yeah, so those are the top four in the in the junior national championship. Just a well, just a fun class too, you know. See how those young dogs stack up and how they do. It's pretty 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 fun little deal. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's uh, just just being you know, um, you know. I guess you you watching this kind of evolve from the beginning to the end and seeing these young dogs come and, and actually do, and the, and the handlers, you know, working with the dogs and doing all this. Do you see, did you, as you watch this go through, did you see a lot of the uh, young dogs actually performing on, on grown dog level through that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel, yeah, you did. You know, just like last year, another one that comes up to the, a dog named Bolt out of Pennsylvania, the hamburgers dogs up there, mm-hmm. they had one in the final cast in the junior or in the derby uh, finals last year uh that dog you know that dog's carried on this year doing a lot of winning and others as well you know i'm probably you know just me personally sometimes i feel like uh you can overwork a young dog maybe that's not uh mentally uh ready yet or capable or what have you you know and, and sometimes I, I i fear we put them out there too young but mm. uh Man, it's amazing what some of these young dogs are doing, though, and they're kind of, you know, sometimes kind of proving that theory wrong, you know. Yeah, in some cases, you know when you know. <laughs> you know the dog's, yeah, dog's yeah. ready. You know when yeah, you know. Exactly, and I think there's I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, you got to kind of go by the, each individual dog a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. R- rolling yeah. on to the rolling on to the nationals to the to the yeah. to the to the sure enough uh everybody showed up for the 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 big, yeah. the big show uh not the biggest show we'll see that at the world but being an an, an open now that now you said now now last time i was at the nationals was in 2018 i was there with spank and um that was the last opportunity that I got to be there. And then, you know, of course the world shut down shortly after that and so on and so forth. Yeah. But yeah. so things have changed. As you said, now you, we're reserving a spot for a dog, um, or, or a couple spots. Uh, is there a, uh, so, so lay that out for us so we can, so the listeners can kind of understand how that works there. Yeah. So we actually cap it at, for each one of those four hunts, we cap it at 120 spots. So you can, we open it up, you know, a month or so before the, the event date. And then as soon as those 120 spots are taken, that hunt, whether it's Friday a.m., p.m., Saturday a.m. or p.m., once all 120 spots are taken, uh, they would close. Entries would close for it. So there's not necessarily a closing date. It's just whenever the, the spots are all taken. 
And, you know, this year, Mike, we had, uh, by the time the Nationals came around, the first three hunts, both on Friday and Saturday morning, were all filled, 120 in each one of them. Hmm. And I think we ended up with uh, six, four, uh, four or six entries for Saturday night's hunt or afternoon uh, that we had, like, uh, six entries that would have been available. But it's just, it's a little more customer friendly, you know, from probably from when you enter a dog and maybe a female that comes in season or gets hurt or something, you're just kind of out of luck a little bit. So this is kind of a little friendlier approach to where you decide on the day of what you're going to hunt in your slot. Yeah. Well, that's pretty and, good. Yeah. And, you know, and, hey, the, the full elimination and there's plenty of, you know, the there's plenty of events that have where full elimination is a good fit for it. Uh, but I think it's, uh, you know, it just seems a little more friendlier, so to speak, I guess, customer friendly, if you will. And especially for folks that need to travel, you can kind of decide what you're going to hunt, where, and, and yada, yada. And then if you make the championship on Sunday, that's just kind of a bonus event, I guess, so to speak. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, and a, it, uh, that's a yeah. positive. And then, uh, then, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, and then we have a show in the middle of the day on Saturday, kind of in between rounds, and and that's worked well. Another new thing we had this year was, uh, as you know, we try to really promote the kids and, and youth handlers, and it's pretty amazing how many younger handlers we actually get at the Nationals. And uh, and But the other thing we did with the show this year is we had a showmanship class to where the kids were judged basically on their handling skills. And we had a, we had a good, uh, a good judge to come in and did a little bit of a seminar and put a, let the kids know what, what uh, she was going to be looking for and, you know, and, and how to properly handle dogs and how to present them to, to the judge, you know, and things like that. And then we had a, did an award for uh, kids in the junior division that are 12 and under and then a second division for kids that are 13 to 17. And shoot, I think we had about a dozen or 12, 14 kids competing in that. So that was good. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, little Brogan, uh, Brogan Sampson from West Virginia uh, uh, won the senior division there. And the little young handler out of Missouri, Braxton Owens, he won the junior series. So we gave him a lot, nice trophy. And I think we gave him each a, hundred dollar gift certificate to Cabela's or something like that. But yeah, just uh, trying to also take that time and educate, help the kids learn how to handle dogs and something, something educational. At least that was the, uh, at least that was the intent, you know? So, and I think they learned a lot. Matter of fact, Mike, I think some of the grownups learned a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure. We can always learn. We can always learn. That's for sure. If we're not open to learning, then <clears throat> we, yeah. we got some issues. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that they yeah. did. That works out really good. Yeah. But then the other thing we started doing since we moved to uh, Zanesville there to Muskingum County Fairgrounds in Zanesville uh, is, you know, they have those uh, game areas that I mentioned where we ran the clash. So they have like tri uh, what they call Tri-Valley and um, there's the one over there in Cumberland and several of them out there. But what we did last year on championship morning on Sunday we would send the registered class, all of those 16, to one of those game areas and send a, uh, a, a an official out with that class. And same thing with the champions to a separate uh, running grounds and, and then the grands also. 
And man, that has worked really well. We did the same thing again this year. So those winners in the first round, after they, uh, after they're done with the first round, the cast winners come back to a meeting spot right out there that was designated, and then the final cast just goes out and hunts right away, and has worked really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, not a bunch of back and forth driving between rounds. You just stay out there. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. So. There's some different things like that, and by golly, they're kind of working, you know. It's just, uh, uh, yeah, good. Hey, in the, yeah, in the uh, in the registered class, just there's always, you know, how it is. There's always good stories that come from national events. It seems it never fails something somewhere. But you know, the sweet tea dog was a big kind of a big story this year, winning the clash, and you know, after last year, winning that junior national championship, and then finishing well in the champion division, but. In the uh, registered class, there was uh, two litter mates. Uh, yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. Registered was and no, in the champion division, I guess it was. Nope, I'm wrong. In the registered division, uh, Nathan Adams from Barbersville, West Virginia. He had two litter mate males in there. One he calls Gustard, and uh, another dog that he calls uh, Taswell. They are off of a, a, a dog that I'm, I've heard of the dog, but I'm not that familiar with him. Probably some of your listeners will know who the dog is. Uh, it's called C&I Red Bull of the Woods. I think a feller down in Louisiana owns the dog, actually. Hmm. So they're off of him and then uh, a preacher man uh, off of a preacher man daughter. But uh, So he ended up placing first and fourth in that registered division. Two dogs, you know, wow. and... Uh, Man, of all the all the entries that were there and everything, that's uh, that's a pretty pretty yes. nice accomplishment. It is. That's volume there. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, probably a dog you've heard of uh, that raging Cajun Ruger out of Virginia, that three legged dog. I ain't never heard uh, of him ever. Never I, heard I of him. I don't know this. <laughs> I don't know this dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he had that Ruger's dead ringer uh, placed second. He was a runner up in the in the registered division. And see now, he is the also the sire of a couple of those young dogs that were in the hunt. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, and then third was a dog out of Indiana named Halfway Cash's Money Maker. Uh, you've probably heard of dog gone at the hat the on uh, the Halfway Anna dog. Yeah. World champion, performance champion. Yep. Yeah, she, that dog Money Maker is off of that female. Uh, but yeah. Um, and that was Stephanie Brown, a lady handler right there, placed third. And then uh, fourth in that division, like I said, was that Nathan Adams had that uh, other litter mate, the, the winner. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the champion division, man, these heat em up boys, they are they're, – they're, they're on a roll right now. <laughs> they That's are. The last couple of years. They yeah, are. They've got true. some breeding program going for sure. Yeah, they, that's true. You hear that? You hear that? Heat them up uh, quite a bit nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You know, in that class, in the champion class, it was that sweet tea. She ended up fourth. You know, but uh, even then, man, what a weekend for her. Mm-hmm. And then another one we mentioned there that was in the clash. That lady Lula dog. She ended up uh, third in the champions for Adam Banks. And then uh, second, the runner-up was a dog out of Missouri, owned by Roderick Mosley. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a dog off of that Missouri primetime Tebow dog, a dog he calls New School Joe Cool. But 
his wife handled this dog for the first time she handled a dog anywhere, and she ends up getting him qualified for the championship, placed second. How cool is that? <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got no look like that. <laughs> I know. I don't either. I don't know how these people do that. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I can't even win a coin toss. So. Yeah. No kidding. No yeah. kidding. And then the uh, then the winner was uh, the heat em up, another heat em up dog. Uh, heat em up Gus Gus. It's a young dog, 2020 model off of that Logan Elm Black Butcher. And a dog named Heat 'em Up Hailstorm, a dog I'm sure you've heard of, yeah. done a lot of winning too in the in years past. But that was the overall winner there. And, and Mitch Fool wasn't actually at the event until Sunday. Those boys had uh, uh, several dogs going to the championship. They had to call him over to help handle some of their dogs. Wow. So, <laughs> what a problem, huh? Yeah, that's a, yeah, what a problem. <laughs> yeah. Then in the then in the grand division, the fourth place was Owen Dagestine. Uh, he had uh, he had that world champion Sir Mongo, a, mm-hmm. a female off of him. He calls Cold Winter Breeze, and that's a dog that's been winning quite a bit, and uh, here in the last couple of years. But she uh, she ended up fourth in the Grand Division, and third was uh, Joe Merritt out of Indiana. He's kind of a he's kind of new to UKC, uh, but they have uh, they've sure done a good share of winning. And he had a dog named Emerald Blue that placed third, and Blue was in actually in the final cast of the World Championship in 2020, I believe it was uh 2021 i'm sorry 2021 so uh but just a nice and just a nice bitch there at place third and then here another heat em up dog uh heat em up superstar who's off a uh, hailstorm again and rogan's buck she ended up second and then uh, uh the overall winner in the if in the national champion is the uh uh, TNT's 3MC Chief, you know, and that dog has such a decorated. Yeah, he does. Uh, it is crazy, <laughs> you know. He's a performance pack champion, the world. He was a 2018 world champion, yep. and uh, you know what can you say about that dog? Is you know, and he uh, he told me the clash was going to be his last uh, hurrah. He had him qualified for it, you know, and he was one of those 24 non-winners in the clash, but. Uh, Man, you know, that dog was a, that's a 2014 model or whatever. But then he had a reservation, you know, and had, didn't have another dog to hunt on it. So he decided, you know what, he's going to put Chief on <laughs> just it. Just throw old Chief in people. here. <laughs> it, it just throw old Chief in there. And, of course, he doubles up and goes and wins the division. It's about the only title he hadn't didn't have, but he has it now. So yeah. What a way to go out, you know. Yeah. And he's very decorated, like you said. Um, I don't know, is he the most or is he tied with the most? Uh, you know, he is. We have this Hall of Fame uh, title now that we give to dogs with that have uh, 37 or more uh, Grand Champion cast wins. Mm-hmm. That's just Grand Champion cast wins. And he is currently he is one of only four Beagles that have that title. But yeah, he has that as well. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. fitting. It's fitting for old Chief. He's. Uh, oh yeah. He, he's a good one. He's about uh. What is he? Uh, about eight years old. Eight, well, he'd be, so, yeah, he'd be about eight years old. Yeah. He'll be eight here in November is what he's going to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. That's, yeah. that's definitely a, a name that'll be around a, a good long while. Uh, for yeah. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's good to see so many people just like the, the situation there where the, 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 his wife handled the dog and then different things, mm-hmm. just as the sweet tea dog coming and doing, these are, these are things that can only happen 
at the nationals. You know, it's just, these are, yeah. these are things that are only going to, this is, this is the spot. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're standing around scratching yeah. your head. Like what just happened? Well, this is what yeah. happened, you know? So, yeah. um, what was the total, yeah. do you know the total dogs all together, registered grands, champions, everybody, juniors, all that was there a, is there a total number of dogs that was hunted that, that weekend? Yeah. 414. Wow. Four hundred and four. That actually, that actually hunted. You know, now there. I said there was only all the reservations were taken except for four, so that's what actually hunted. You know, but what actually had reservations would have been well. Let me see, four hundred uh, before eighty, my about four seventy, four seventy four. I guess is what actually paid entries. But yeah, four hundred fourteen that actually hunted. Awesome. Man, that's yeah. that's great. That's a lot of dogs, and you know, a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, it's a lot of dogs and everything." And I always try to tell the guys that are just getting into it, and they they're looking. They go up to the Eliminator, and it's a lot of dogs. They go to the Worlds, a lot yeah. of dogs or Nationals. And I say, "Look, yeah. all you got to worry about three dogs at a time." You know, yeah. you yeah. you you and your dog, you're looking at at three dogs at a time, and yeah. uh, and worry about the next round when you get to it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. that that is really cool to have that many dogs, yeah. that much organization, um, and everybody coming together to see that see that uh, take place. And so that it is, you know, you know, it is, you know, Mike. So you know how it is. Sometimes change. You know, we changed this format a little bit two years ago, and and you know when you make a change, change often doesn't sit well with a lot of people. I get it, you know, but you. Uh, I don't know. I, I try not to, I say, I, it's not just, I, it's a whole lot of we, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these changes, you know, are thought out, you know, the thought process behind it. And a lot of people don't know about all that, you know, how much time is actually spent in looking at this and that, you know, but uh, I, I think, you know, when we go to a, I, I mentioned, you know, to get in the championship, it require we take the double cast winners first followed by high score well one of the things that was kind of a downer on it was or kind of a red flag for some was well now we're bringing big scores into the equation again but you know as it really happens that is not even a factor at all mm -hmm. because those you'd be surprised it's there's the competition is pretty strong out there and yeah. there's not as many double cast winners as you think. So in the, when you're looking at 16 spots for the championship, those highest single cast scores, they're, they're up there in fifth and sixth. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So they're not even really a factor, so to speak, or they're not a concern or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, that's just, it's just always a fun event that that the world championship you know and nhba days and 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 shoot i could go on here i just you know the mcveigh is always a fun one for me as well but the national it's just a fun event it is fun event. it is absolutely and that's uh, uh you know going from the nationals and going through the summer and we've got a lot of a lot of you know we're, we're obviously mm -hmm. we're marching towards the mcveigh but you know more than that, I believe uh, the McVeigh's a fun hunt. They always have a lot of lot of uh, uh, participation there, and right. uh, but we're also through the summer we're we're marching towards the world as world qualifying events. You know, trying to get those, uh, you know, get a few dogs qualified so we can head on out and load up and drive in and uh, and and take advantage of that opportunity. So I guess that's what we're kind yeah. of marching towards through the summer right now is is looking at these world qualifying events. 
it it is you know most of them happen earlier in the year so the majority of them are already uh behind mm-hmm. us now you know but there's a couple each month here between now and the and the end of August, you know, and then our last chance qualifier, we use the McVeigh Memorial for the last chance qualifier. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that event they have, it's kind of, their event is set up a little bit like the nationals where they have uh, a couple days like that. And it, when you're cast there in any one of those hunts will also qualify your dog. So um, it's a good last chance event for that. But yeah. yeah. And then man, Mike, last year we had the, uh, world championship there in waynesburg pennsylvania first time it was out in pennsylvania and man what a hunt we had i mean the hunters loved it just rabbits uh, good places and club did such a great job and we're turning around going right back there again this year so man just really looking forward to it oh yeah yeah my my partner and i <clears throat> we've already got two dogs qualified one each and so we're we're trying yeah, to trying yeah. to get our our next two because I told him I said look we want to go we want to take all that we can take according to the rules you know and uh, yeah and get yeah. as many qualified as possible in case something comes up once yeah. in heat or something of that nature and and so um, I told him and this is his first year now this is just a testament to the program to what you guys have got set up this is his first year running good, the, and, good. and he's already yeah he's already got a dog qualified he's uh he's needs one more win on his uh little female to uh cha- to get her champion degree and he mm-hmm. is really fell into it and is really enjoying it and that's to me and i know you agree with this this is part of the process but it also it is a reflection of the houndsmanship of the guys that are out there for a first timer coming in and he's already moving forward and looking at possibly you know if everything lines up going to the world i know i'll be at the world uh good lord willing i'll be there and and he's really really wanting to be there as well and i think it's just what i mean by that is it's just um it's not just you know even talking about the 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 lady uh the the man's wife who was able to go out and handle a dog and, and do well with it it's a it's a it's a um participation sport it is a it is a fun thing, and we're promoting the dogs and the dogs' ability, the the beagles' ability to right. go and to do yeah. and give them a fair shake. And looking yeah. forward to the world. Uh, uh, yeah, well, good. You know the the local club there; they have such support just from the local, from all from all the locals, the chamber of commerce there, and everything. And and you know, last year they just kind of went all out, and this year they're going even further. They're this year they're the the chamber of commerce is basically paying all the food for everybody. So wow. we have a dinner on, we have a dinner on Thursday night and they're going to pay for that dinner and everything. And they're going to feed and water basically everybody all weekend long. Wow. What, what, what event have you ever went to for three days where you don't buy your meals? <laughs> Never. They're, they're going to do breakfast and lunch every day. Wow. <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty cool never been to, yeah you go to something like that there's a setup they want to sell me something <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's it yeah it, it's uh it's that's just a good thing it is absolutely. yeah looking forward to it speaks speaks yeah. a lot and and for them to be able to put that together and get so many working parts going yeah. right there that work together so looking yeah. absolutely looking forward to that um as we get ready to uh to close out here to get to the conclusion here uh um, what is it that 
you know, you being the director of hunting ops here uh, for these many years, and and you're working, you know, all different hunting everything. I mean, you're you're um, beagles, coon hounds, shed dogs. Uh, you you got all these different working parts going on right here. Um, one question that I have for you: Where do you see this program, the beagle program uh, in UKC? Where 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 do you see this in five years? Well, it's uh, a <laughs> tough question. Uh, yeah, well, it, it it is, but I think you know we've we've had some ups and downs just since I've been here. Of you know, uh, uh, you know, and and I I feel like in in twenty twenty, you know, things really kind of a lot of things kind of changed after twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and, and to learn how to adapt to some of that has been a little bit of a struggle, maybe, but. Uh, Really, all things considered, uh, sometimes when it doesn't seem, you know, it seems like, okay, we have, this guy is, is no longer competing and uh, this is just really hurting us, this and that. But what I'm, I guess the point I'm trying to make, the numbers at the end of the year in the last couple of years have been, have been very encouraging. Yeah. And they keep, uh, actually last year, the numbers, uh, UKC's numbers rivaled that of, 2007 which was basically the height of the sport mm-hmm. you know so that kind of that kind of it's it's uh, I think it's I think the the sport is pretty healthy uh, I think there's some change you know things evolve you know sure. it's n- not everything is on the coonhounds for example has been around forever and ever you know the heydays of back in the 80s and the early 90s or 80s and 90s you know uh uh, there, things have just changed, I guess. And, and I think you have to be willing, uh, to, to make some changes and evolve, you know, things are in, in the seventies, things weren't like they were in the thirties and in the two thousands, they weren't like they are in the Mm seventies and in the 2020, they're not like they were in the nineties either. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, uh, but I think it's just different. Some things, uh, one of the, one of the things that I think is that we, that I always look at and, and maybe not so much beagles, it won't affect the beagle programs as much as some of the others, but that is territory to be able to hunt these dogs. Oh yeah. Oh. That concerns me, you know, and how we're going to adapt to some of that, you know, and, and things like that. So, uh, I don't know. You always got to think ahead, I think. And, uh, sure. and, uh, but no, I think to, 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 you asked where I see the sport being. I, I feel like in a pretty good place. And matter yeah. of fact, I think the Beagle programs have, uh, because it doesn't require as much hunting space, so to speak, to compete and areas to compete in, I think is in a, maybe in a, that's, that speaks good for the Beagle program, I think. It does. Better so than maybe some of the others. You know, in Coonhounds, we have a lot of the dogs, the way they hunt today, hunt a lot differently than they did in the 80s, where they kind of, spread out and deep and alone and uh requiring more hunting space and things like that is kind of you know those are things that we deal with a lot and talk about a lot and and such you know but uh no i uh uh the beagle programs are a fun program and we have a coonhound programs manager that manages all the coonhound stuff and uh but i kind of oversee the beagle stuff and and my that falls under my personal uh it's a lot smaller, obviously, but it allows me to uh, 
you know, there for a bunch of years, I was kind of doing everything, I guess, so to speak. And, uh, uh, but it's really helped me focus more on the Beagle stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can see well. from my point of view, from, from when I first began, when I first started, um, uh, getting in, you know, getting into, uh, UKC, getting into hunting Beagle. I didn't have all of my dogs are registered, but I didn't have a single dog registered UKC or anything. And one thing mm-hmm. that I've seen the, uh, you know, over the years is, and that I recommend to people is that when you register, you know, whether they were, if, if they're planning on running UKC, go ahead and register your litter, go ahead and register your litter, get that litter out there, get the, get that puppy uh, permanently registered in UKC because, you know, you don't know where it's going to go. Uh, you, you know, you, you get down, you yeah. get three or four pups out of a litter and you get to looking at this one and you say, man, I'd like to, I'd like to hunt this dog. Well, if you've already got that registration done, he's already permanently registered. It's time to take your easy entry card and head out to a hunt. And I've seen that grow a lot more in our area here as guys mm-hmm. kind of sticking to that. Uh, and I mm-hmm. always recommend that people do that and, and that yeah. way they keep up with it and they can go forward with it. And then they've got a, yeah. you know, uh, uh, a long, a long list of, of dogs born into the UKC is, is kind of the way that yeah. they put it. Yeah, well, it's. I think it's interesting. You know, we are a record-keeping company, you know, and, and uh, lineage and things like that. Yeah. You know, and and you know, Coonhound, the Coonhound program has been around since uh, a long time. You know, and and uh, the first events have been held back in the '50s already. But you know, I could take some of my own Coonhounds, and today I don't even have a Coonhound on the place. I got a pack of beagles and little squirrel dogs. About all I'm doing at the moment here, but. I can, I could, the, the last couple of coonhounds I took, or I had, I could trace back to the 1940s. Wow. In, in our systems. And that's pretty cool to see, to go all the way back that far to see some of the foundation stock behind my own dogs. Pretty yeah. cool. It means a lot. It, re- it really does. Yeah. And, and, yeah. It, and, it, and it's just so, it's just so helpful to, to be able to do that. Yeah. And then also, like I said, to have a, have a, have a dog, uh, have a pup already permanently registered. You're ready to roll. And, um, you can just, like I said, just grab that card and, and head out to a hunt. And, uh, I yeah. would, you know, like I said, if, if I had to setting from my point of view, uh, being a participant in hunts, if I had to say we're, we'll be in five years with the beagle programs, uh, and we've got two beagle programs. We've got the, the hound and handler, the hunting beagle format. And then also we have the, um, um, gun dog, gun dog, gun dog, and yeah, uh, the which gun is dog, really, yeah. really growing as well, wouldn't you say? Well, it is. You know, we've had a lot of interest. Uh, they're kind of out in the Carolinas. We have several clubs that have been holding some yeah. of those events, and then down south in the uh, Mississippi and and uh, some other places down along there. That's that's done quite well. You know, it's there again. We started that in in two thousand was the first year for it. Our first trial was in Georgia, North Georgia, and I'm actually down there. It was in March, and it was at that trial, the very first one, where I'm getting a call from the office here, and they're talking about this thing that they're calling COVID, and clubs are uh, calling to cancel events, and they're asking me what they need to, how they need to respond to this. So that's how, that's the first year for it. So, uh, yeah, that was a kind of a interesting start, I guess, so to speak, but, uh, no, that one's also doing, you know, well, it's, it's, has, it's like anything new growing pains and, and this and that, but it's very similar, very, very similar to the AKC's, uh, UBGF or SPO. 
yeah. what it amounts to. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's an option, you know, that's yeah. there, and yeah. I want to give credit yeah. where credit's due. I've met some of the guys yeah. uh, uh, over at our AKC club that, that you know that run yeah. both, both sides, and uh, they really they yeah. really talk talk really well about it and the way that it's put together. So. Uh, we want to uh, make sure that folks know that there's an option for that as well. If that's something, if that's the style of dog that they run, and um, they can get involved in that as well. Um, and yeah. where can they find? Where can our listeners find all of their information that they want if they're interested in the hunting, uh, whether regardless of what the event is? Yeah, well, one of them is obviously our website at ukcdogs.com, and we have little, uh, we have different. Uh, landing pages there you know one for registration but hunting ops is where they would want to go to and the, then from hunting ops we have all our sporting dog programs you know like coon hounds or beagles or uh, uh, squirrel dog stuff or uh, uh, bird dog stuff but yeah just from there go to beagles or another good platform for uh, we have one that is hunting beagle related is our facebook page that's called beagles of field Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of hunting re- or hunting beagle uh, format friendly, and then the other one for gun dog is we call it uh, well, it's the UKC gun dog uh, program uh, for that. So there and there's a lot of information on there as well. We try to post all the the results of uh, of trials and things like that, all that stuff there. So, but yeah, and as uh, hey, as far as getting their dogs registered and thing with uh, to compete that's quite simple you know and easy to to do with us and anytime mike you know anytime i can help people with things like that that's i love to do that you know and it's i don't know it's i think it helps me a little bit it's you know talked about being here for a while and i mentioned you know i didn't know if i could do this and give up competing but there's still that uh, there's still that side of me that is uh, I don't know you know at the nationals everybody goes out and is hunting and yeah. you know, all the anticipation and everything and ah, it gets to me sometimes you know I'm what sure. I mean yeah absolutely there, there's something to be said about still enjoying to come to work every morning and I think that just kind of speaks uh, for itself that it's a good place to work here and everything but uh, but there's that part of it that you kind of have to give up but then there's NHBA days and the McVeigh Memorial where I don't uh, I don't handle dogs or compete with my dogs in any of our own events but those aren't our events and those two events I always look forward to because I always try to hunt a dog in it yeah I think it's good for me to stay out there and you know I do a lot of rules things and things like that and it's one thing to sit sit at a desk behind a rule book and uh tell everybody what the rules are you know but I think it's good to be able to stay out there in the field sometimes and uh and watch how they're applied and, and, uh, not get too far away from that. Yeah. Well, and just like in any organization, when you see the leaders of the organization out participating and being a part of it, it also is an encouragement for others as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just as well, you just like anybody else when you go to a, to a, uh, uh, whether it be the NHBA, uh, days or, or the McVeigh and you go out there and, you know, things don't go your way. They don't go your way, you know, and right, that's right, what I love about, right. that's what I love about it. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Got to yeah. got to bring the dog and 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 got to get out there and do do our part and uh, so yeah it, well, it is an encouragement hey, to see you out in the field yeah well it's hey I enjoy hunting dogs I have all my life you know so and probably one of my favorite places people that know me or follow me a little bit know that I like to go run hair up in the UP of Michigan that's kind of my 
getaway happy place take some dogs up there and just spend a couple days up there man there's not much better than that that's right that's right well i hope you get to do all that you want to do you can get away from the desk and go uh get after those hair and uh have a good time with that as the as each season rolls around and i'll oh uh, yeah i try to try to get up there as much as i can absolutely well, Alan, I, I really appreciate you sitting down with me, taking the time out of your busy schedule. And I know you're super busy with everything going on. And I uh, really appreciate you sitting down and filling folks in on things that went on at the Nationals the, with the junior uh, uh, competition, the uh, uh, with the clash and everything that's, that went on up there this year. And we're looking forward to the world and the uh, McVeigh coming up uh, in the fall. And I, But I really do appreciate you sitting down with me today. Well, you're you're very welcome, and I appreciate you asking me. I listened to your first podcast with Frida and Branko Kapan there, and uh, I don't know how anybody can follow that, but that was very interesting, you know. And I will just say this in closing: my uh, one of my first competition dogs was actually a grandson of uh, Jack of all trades. So when they started talking about old Jack, I was all ears. And, yeah. uh, uh, and 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 what a story that is, but. Uh, Hey, you're doing a fine job with it, and I wish you guys all the best with this podcast. And we need more of these with uh, just good to good to hear some uh, some Beagle podcasts out there. So, good luck with it, Mike, and appreciate the opportunity to uh, uh, to be on yours here. Absolutely, it's my pleasure, and it's a, a wonderful conversation. Great content. And I look forward to doing this again. We we'll get through with the McVeigh in the world. We'll get together after that, and we'll do a a recap on that as well um, as we get uh, as we get through those hunts and going into the the fall and into the winter months we'll get together again and do this again and good lord willing i'll see you at one of those two hunts and uh and also thank you a lot ladies and gentlemen we really appreciate you listening to today if you ever have any comments or any questions you can reach me at mike at joydogfood.com you can email me there and uh, I'll be glad to uh, answer your questions that you have. And if the uh, content is good enough, we'll even uh, have a session where we will uh, answer a few of those questions on air at different times. So uh, this, again, is your Joy Dog Food Working Dog Podcast. And this is Working Dog Wednesday. I hope you all have a wonderful and blessed day. I was born at morning on the first day of June, 1900 and something and two. My mom was a sweetheart, my father was too. They left me a watch and an old pair of shoes. I guess I've been lucky to some one who ate all the food from the tree Stars been aligned And my goose hanging high I'll be okay in the sweet by and by I'll be okay in the sweet by and by